into the evocative exchange where we meet with go-getters who have that X factor, a way of meeting today's challenges with bold and evocative solutions. We'll share what keeps these experts thinking, thriving, and feeling inspired in design, entrepreneurial life, healthcare marketing, and beyond. Today on the Evocative Exchange, we welcome Hank O'Donnell, Certified Professional EOS Implementer. Welcome, Hank. Thanks, Donna. Great to be here with you. Hank is an expert EOS worldwide implementer and has conducted over a thousand session days with entrepreneurial leadership teams since 2012. So he's not just getting started. EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and that's an easy, proven approach to scaling an entrepreneurial company. Hank's helped organizations simplify, clarify, and achieve their visions and scale, working from his offices in Philadelphia and Princeton. Hank, you bring order to rapid growth, if that's possible. So I can't, I can't wait to dig in and find out more about EOS. <laughs> Thanks, Donna. I really appreciate the opportunity to share your uh, time with you and your listeners. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I really love uh, working with entrepreneurs and their leadership teams because they like to get stuff done. And EOS uh, has been around for about 20 years or so, and it's been very impactful with the folks that I work with. Well, we're very glad to have you on the Evocative Exchange. And I feel like so many people could benefit from getting organization, from having a path, uh, working better in teams. This is all what business is about. So how did you get started in this? Well, I grew up in a family business, Donna. And according to my dad, if you wanted to work, you better unload those trucks. So if you <laughs> wanted to eat. So there was, a, there was a commitment in my blood. Third generation entrepreneur. My grandfather was actually a immigrant from Ireland started a taxi company. So I always grew up around business. I like working with people that run their own business. I like people that like to get things done. And um, after I became uh, and graduated from college, I actually went back in and started to work with my dad wanting to grow the business. And then I got involved with entrepreneurs through peer groups mm. and just like being around people love businesses have all sorts of challenges. It takes a lot of metal to grow a successful company. And I just like to be around and help other people grow their companies. Well, and it sounds like you've been really busy with that over a thousand sessions. What exactly does that mean? That means that when I work with teams, we go in a process of change and helping them grow their company. And it's not something, it's not a, a magic bullet. It's a process of change in the organization. So I work on on a set with session days. So I'm with the team for a whole day. Actually, the engagement's over a period of two years because we're getting right people in the right seats, figuring out the strategy. And running a business, like running any organization, is complicated, and it takes time. It's organic, and people need to, to slowly change so it, it gets the, the results that they need. So EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. Tell me a little bit more about that. What's the origin of that process? It, it, the system itself has uh, been around for quite a number of years. The fellow that started was Gino Wickman, like myself, grew up in an entrepreneurial business. And, you know, one of the experiences of growing up is you watch your parents struggle uh, in running a business. It can be very demanding. And he figured out 
there had to be a better way. So he researched all the great literature that was out there about businesses. There's hundreds of thousands of books and he simplified it and thought about what are the, what does a business really need to master in order to be able to grow? So his concept is what are the critical few things that a leadership team needs to do to take it to the next level? What's our vision, where we wanna go? Do we have the right people in the right seats? Do we have a good strategy? And he put together a book uh, that was called Traction, which I read and I thought, son of a gun, I wish I had this when I was working with my dad. We could have avoided a lot of arguments over dinner table because we'd help to clarify where we wanted to go. And Gino started this himself with just a, a couple of clients in Detroit and he struggled at first, but as it got traction, pardon the pun, he started to see there was a market for it because lots of entrepreneurs are really good with ideas, but they have difficulty growing teams. And that's where I found, discovered with the entrepreneurs that I was working with, it was a great solution to help teams take over a business running and not dependent solely on the entrepreneur. And yeah. today, there's probably about 400 guys like myself were in Wow. We're about 12 countries, uh, and there is probably uh, about, we, we figure about 150,000 companies that are running on EOS right now. That's amazing because I know entrepreneurs are very hard hitting and they need to see value before they make a two year commitment. That's right. That's tell you what, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. I mean, exactly one degree, it's, it's successful because it gets results because entrepreneurs are about results. They're not about theory. And we have one of the things like no theory. Just tell me what works. Let's exactly. get right to the bottom line. Well, you know, that brings up the term rocks. So as I was doing my research on EOS, I was fascinated by the use of this term. So tell me what a rock is. Yeah. One of the things, Donna, that the teams struggle with is what are the priorities around here? And rocks are simply a metaphor that was from the author Stephen Covey a number of years ago. And he used the metaphor, well, if you had sand and stone and water and pebbles and you're trying to put in the glass, most of it's just grab what's available. Give me the stones, I'll put the water in there and I'll try to put the rocks in. We, it's like there was no priorities. What he said was, listen, prioritize the things you're trying to put in the glass. Start with the rocks first. Then the pebbles can go around the rock, the sand can go around the, the pebbles and the water can go in finally. So rocks are simply priorities. Gallup did a survey a number of years ago and they said it to uh, employees, what are the priorities? What's important around here? One third of the employees had no idea. One third guessed the wrong thing and only one third knew what was important. So that was almost two thirds of the workforce was kind of clueless what was important. That's a hard way to manage and grow a company. So rocks are priorities and they're set by the company every 90 days on a company basis. And then individual employees have rocks. It is a wonderful accountability tool. And then at the 90 days, the rock is either done or not done. Good example of a rock may be this quarter, I'm gonna write a specific process and train everyone on it. At the end of 90 days, is it done or done or not done? And it really helps with holding people accountable. Tell them, tells them what's important around here. You know, I'm a big Stephen Covey fan and I'm so glad you told that story. I didn't realize that was the significance of it. So I think that's a very good foundation to work from because there's been so much so much good coming from Stephen Covey into the corporate arena. He's a gift to the world. Without Absolutely. a doubt. That's, yeah, I agree. So I feel like the, um, the rocks 
help employees to take sort of a piece of the bigger pie. Yeah. So how do the rocks sort of factor into overarching goals that are more um, corporate in nature? So one of the um, important things is clarity in the, in the EOS system. We want everybody to share in the vision. We call it shared by all. So we have the leadership team decide what the goals are. And from those, they set the rocks. So rocks and 90 day deliverables in support of the goals of the company. And then as a manager, you can assign rocks to your direct reports that are supportive of the company's major rocks or initiatives. And then every quarter you do what we call a completion assessment, wanting to have at least 80% of the rocks completed. Great employees and staff members and good managers are crystal clear in sticking to the important stuff and avoiding what we call bright, shiny objects. Because Donna, lots of entrepreneurs love bright, shiny objects. They may be interesting, they may be a new idea, but a good high-performing team that stays focused on the main thing and they keep the main thing the main thing. And rocks are really important tools to help you do that. Well, certainly distractions are the downfall of many a privately owned business. Absolutely. Yeah, there's an author, Jim Collins, and he talked about lots of entrepreneurial companies. They don't they don't die of starvation in order, they, they die of indigestion. They bite more than they can chew. And I've had many clients that have successful, wonderful businesses. And then all of a sudden they go into a, a new area, a new business, and they really don't know it that well. And it's, it breaks my heart to see them fail because they started to get into a bright, shiny objects and they took their eye off the ball. It is so competitive out there. You have to stick in your niche and you have to become world-class in that and avoid the bright, shiny objects. So there's another comment that you made earlier about people not giving the same answer to the same question. I, I look at that as alignment. How does EOS ensure alignment in, you know, starting in the beginning of the process and then pulling through all the way to the rocks? So we are a huge proponent of engaging everyone in an organization. And EOS can work Although it's designed for entrepreneurial companies, can also work. I have several clients that are hundreds of millions of dollars. And the bigger you get, the harder it is to keep everybody on the same page. So we have a specific meeting pulse. We ask people to be engaged in a regular communication. We have a thing called cascading messages because it's important for leaders to over communicate. There's so many distractions going on that leaders need to keep saying the same vision over till they get completely bored with it, but keeping everybody rowing in the same direction. And the power of human energy to stay focused and rowing together as a unified production unit is amazing. Amazing things can happen. So EOS is all about building alignment around vision, getting great traction in the process, building healthy and productive teams. So it made me think of our recent change in how people go to work. The remote workforce has become very prevalent. And even now, um, some people have tasted the, you know, the convenience of working from home and they want to stay working from home. How does that fit in with uh, some of the principles that you have with EOS? 
Great question, Dara. I, at first, I thought this was going to be the end of my business when we had to go to Zoom meetings and virtual because, I, I, you know, like this whole idea of being Zoom for eight hours, I thought, oh my gosh, I couldn't do that to my clients. Well, we go through at the end of every year, we do an assessment. One of my unexpected great surprises was it works exceptionally well in a, in a virtual world. Wow. The important part here is that most people uh, on a Zoom call, I found it communicate fairly well. And if the team is a healthy and a productive team, they cut through issues like a hot knife through butter, whether it's in a meeting room or it's virtually, it doesn't really matter. But it lends itself very easily to a virtual or distributed workforce. I have several clients that have never met themselves because they're all over the globe, but they use modern technology to stay online. So I think it's a real gift. And I think it's very easy for teams to continue to be productive and very positive uh, using technology. Well, and I think everything works well with a healthy and productive team. Unfortunately, life isn't always that kind. Yeah. How does EOS uh, dig into and address when we've got maybe someone in the wrong seat? You know, uh, we believe it's tough. Um, you know, there's many different types of teams, but really high performing teams have an open and an honest environment. One of the things we as implementers talk to our clients about all the time is high performing teams make it safe. We're open and honest and you can have the tough conversations. One of the things that we do is work on team health to make sure that the environment is trusting and vulnerability based, based upon the work of uh, Patrick Lencioni, who talked about five dysfunctions of the team. Mm -hmm. High performing teams are able to go into the danger in the, in the service of the greater good. So a lot of my business that I do on it is working with teams to take them from dysfunctional conflict, unproductive comments into more open and honest, safe environments. As long as we're working together for the greater good and we say things that come from a position of caring for the welfare of one another, there's amazing things that can get done. And sometimes I have to be like the school teacher and tell people to start behaving themselves, just reflect what they're doing and teach them some more productive tools to become more productive as a team. Yeah, I agree. I, I like to say it's all about skill building. Maybe it's yep. it's not that they don't want to work well together, but they might not have the tools, the words, the processes yes. to make those uh, types of difficult conversations. Is there any particular tools that uh, teams learn with EOS that helps them to be better communicators? I will tell you, Donna, one of the best tools that I see is for healthy teams is getting stuff done. Winning in the marketplace is the best team building activity you could ever have. What we do, though, is we foster open communication in our meetings. We have weekly meetings and they actually give feedback to one another in the meeting. Is the meeting working? And they rate every meeting from one to ten. One of the things we ask them to rate themselves on is the level of honesty in the room. And we challenge them always to get better. So high-performing teams only ask themselves one question, how do we get better? Not who's, not who's to blame, not what's wrong, not what's broken, but how do we get better? So as implementers, we're coaching teams, giving them feedback on how they can become big, better and foster more positivity. So lots of these performing teams, and I'm sure with your listeners out there, successful executives are driven to succeed. They're, one of the skills, frankly, they need to develop is the ability to stop, pause, and pat themselves and their team on the back. We call it positivity. 
appreciation, affirmation, and acknowledgement of one another increases a team's ability to handle conflict. If I have a good relationship with Donna and I say to you, hey, listen, I think we have a difficulty, you'll listen to me because I care for you. If we don't have a good relationship, you'll just cover up your ears and say, listen, talk to the hand because the ears aren't listening. And Donna, that's what I found is when teams work on their relationships to build that appreciation in there and the positivity, they can handle a tremendous amount of conflict because they care for one another. It's the teams that don't have that relationship that really struggle because they get very defensive. They're prone to criticism. There's lots of name calling and stonewalling. So I'm working to educate teams to look for pause, celebrate your wins, be grateful for those on the team and acknowledge the contribution that everybody makes. It builds that muscle of positivity that makes good teams become even greater. What I think is so interesting about this is generally in corporate America, you'll be able to pick from a laundry list of training. So you'll be able to pick uh, a course on conflict management. You're going to pick a course on relationship building, on effective communication, on better writing. But unfortunately, because that's going into the vacuum of yes. lack of alignment and lack of over communication and not being in the right seat, those classes fall on deaf ears. Now you've got EOS, which is the centerpiece of getting the organization to work, it seems to me that type of skill building is actually going to be effective now. Yeah, Donna, you use the term the right person. I can't stress enough how team dynamics can be so difficult if you don't have the right people in the seats. And in EOS, when we say right people, we have a specific definition of that. That means people that are clearly aligned with the corporate values. And by values, we really don't mean la-di-da, kumbaya kind of stuff. We mean the culture of the company. So we go through an exercise with our clients to help them reveal what their culture, cultural values are. And they use those for hiring and firing, for coaching. And think, for example, a company that I have um, just finished up a, a, a engagement with, they had uh, value that, that reflected the owner. And the value was grit, which means whatever it takes, do the right thing for the company and for the customer. And when they interviewed people, they would ask people in your last job, when did you exhibit a unbelievable commitment to grit? Getting a tough, tell me a story, a tough time where you struggled because they know that in their business, they're not typically in the behavior modification business. My experience is people pretty much are people that's very difficult to get them to change. What executives are is in the behavior selection business. So they want to select people in the interview, critical questions in the interview to make sure that they will be a good cultural fit. When you have a company that has the right people, 100% right people, all aligned with the same values, it is amazing that energy, what can be accomplished. And so often, and this is very difficult, especially in this labor market, that we don't, we have people that aren't the right people. And I had an executive tell me one time, he said, Hank, the best way to retain your, your good employees is to get rid of your bad employees. Not bad people, but people that weren't a good fit for the organization. So for my clients, I insist 100% right people. And in the right seat, we mean they are aligned. They get what the seat expectations are. They want to do a great job and they have the capacity and skills to do that. 
the worst thing a leader can do as a manager is put really good people in the wrong seat. They're not designed to do the good work. They're set, you're setting them up for, for failure. If they're the right people, find them another place in your organization where they can do some great work. And if they're the wrong people, help them find another opportunity in another organization right. that they might be more aligned with. I, I can just imagine the trajectory boost when all of these pieces are fitting together. And one of the things that you mentioned that gets people on the same page and gets them communicating well are these meetings. So you yeah. mentioned a meeting pulse, pulse, cascading messaging, over communicating. Can you talk to me a little bit more about meeting rhythms? Sure. Like what's an example of a meeting that you feel really keeps people aligned? We have a meeting, it's called a level 10 meeting. Um, it's called level 10 because you measure it at the end. And I will tell you, most of my clients, when I ask them how effective your meetings, there's a lots of groans in the audience. And I go, oh no, meeting. So we believe meetings can be very productive if they have a specific structure and there's good meeting hygiene. So our meetings start on time, end on time. In EOS, on time is five minutes early. So we're the old Vince Lombardi rule. Five minutes, as the second hand sweeps over the 12, the meeting starts. We have a rigorous agenda on a, on a meeting so that we're checking in on all the key measures and metrics and updates. And we assemble what we call an issue sheet. So an issue are all the obstacles, opportunities, things that we need to talk about. So we go through at the beginning of the meeting and identify a do a complete sweep of the organization. And then we have an issue list and we can take a look at identify, discussing, and solving the key issues. Good meetings should have a, a number of outcomes all the time. They need to have an agenda. They need to have the right people around the table. I can't tell you how many people say to me, why am I here? Well, if you're not there, if you don't need to be here, get out. But meetings that do not have resolution of issues, that don't have open and robust, robust conversations about moving forward and improving are just discussion groups. And we also insist upon to-do lists. If you have a meeting without a to-do list, you've just had a nice discussion. So we have a rigorous structure to our meetings and that becomes an enabler of good communication. So every, and in our clients, every department, including the leadership team have regular weekly meetings making sure that we're staying on the same page and solving issues at the level where they get created. The people that really know the action, that are close to the action can solve the action so that the leadership team can focus on more strategic issues. Teams that struggle with culture. And the other thing I said, we got bad morale around here. The first thing I ask is, what are your meetings? What's the communication cadence? And oftentimes they will, well, we meet once every six months, like, holy smokes. You know, if I work for you, I would have no idea what's going on. And I, I kid them. I said, listen, you're telling your people to go to MSU, making stuff up. Because if people don't know, employees don't know what's going on, they make stuff up. And unfortunately, it's not usually good. So leadership needs to over communicate, make sure everybody stays on the same page. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a primary role of every great leader is to stay, keep everybody on the same page. And I look at the timing of it, Hank, setting the 90 day goals so you've got the meetings, you've got the 90-day goal. How often is there a check between the two? So what you're doing during the weekly meeting and the quarterly meeting, a quarterly meeting, we believe you live in a 90-day world. So every 90 days, let's all get together, see how we did last quarter. Let's project for the next quarter. So there's lots of good energy. But we're staying connected, Donna, to the whole, every week we're staying connected to that big 90-day picture. 
So reviewing that. So there's no place to hide. And also it helps everybody stay on the same page because remember every week we're looking at, we said we were going to do this. Are we on track? So there's, there's, there, there is a continuity with that quarterly. You know, the, the term entrepreneurial, it used to refer to companies that were started by subject matter expert, and then they grow and then they get a team and then they get bigger and they get more clients and they grow. But having a corporate background, I'm finding that tons of organizations in huge companies are considering themselves entrepreneurial and they're running like small businesses. How can EOS help them? Excellent question, Donna. I think, you know, when we think about entrepreneurs, what do they do? They initiate and execute on change. So there are change agents. They're able to create the solutions that maybe people didn't see. That can happen at any level. A lot of times, though, there is a lack of execution discipline. So we are really an entrepreneurial or strategic execution system. So a business is a system. You need a system to run a system, like a computer has an operating system. Um, The same thing inside a business. You can run an entrepreneurial department. You can bob and weave. And entrepreneurs are noted for their flexibility. And I call I use the word nimbility that they really can react quickly to the changes. Even if you're in a corporate environment, you can have that same cadence with EOS and run a department. So I have some executives that work for, I call them battleships. I mean, they're big aircraft carrier companies, but inside they're running their department, some of their divisions like on EOS, hundreds of million dollars worth of revenue, but they're running it like an entrepreneurial company because they want to stay focused and touching the market. They don't want to get to be distance from the market and they, they see there's new, they want to create new opportunities for themselves and for the folks that work for them. Well, and I think that's really exciting. It's like having the best of both worlds. And I'm wondering what, like, what size does a team need to be to get started with something like EOS? Yeah, you know, Donna, usually, you know, I have my ideal target market clients are usually 10 to 250 employees. Um, and it's used for me personally, uh, I do a lot of work with founding entrepreneurs, um, especially in the Princeton area where there's pharmaceuticals, lots of talented uh, scientists that have companies that they're growing. Um, there are public companies that run on EOS. There are lots of family businesses in transition from founding generation to the second or third generation that you use EOS. Private equity companies have actually found that an investment strategy where they will only acquire companies that are running on EOS because they like the predictability and the scalability of those firms. Wow. So it's wi- widely applicable. That's amazing. And, you know, I have to coin this term, this phrase, Lack of execution discipline. That's that's my favorite uh, thing that was said so far in our conversation. It's what a what a very polite way to describe right. an excruciating problem. Yeah. Well, can I tell you my version of that? Sure. You knuckleheads aren't getting anything done. <laughs> you need a little discipline here, and they that's you know people know that it's 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 so difficult to work in that environment because I believe most people. And the vast majority of people want to show up and do a great job. Sure. Just, and we trip over them and we don't give them the resources and the management that they need to do that. You know, it's uh, there's so much that can go wrong in an organization. If you had to say what the number one mistake is that organizations make, what would that be? And how can EOS help them? You know, that's a, I, there's a lot of different ways that people kind of go off the rails. I think 
what I've seen is, is um, you know, leaders need to know that it's about the team and great leaders have great teams. And that means humility, the ability to be vulnerable in front of your team, the ability to trust other people and, and you grow their skills and, and you just take joy in seeing a team develop. Lots of entrepreneurs, what we call hit the ceiling because they just, they won't release control. They don't delegate anything. And I think, Donna, for some people, like for my clients, I always keep asking them, what's the next version of you? Because your company's growing, you got to grow faster than your company personally and your professional skills so you don't get outpaced, particularly for a lot of fast growing companies. It's hard to say, what's the, what's the leadership that we need for a $200 million company? It's a lot different than when we were at $50 million. So it's about growing yourself and not looking to be satisfied and looking for how do I get better and challenging people to step up and how do we get better collectively because there's such magic in a team that's well-led achieving wonderful things in the marketplace. It's like an art to be able to do that. It just, it makes me get goosebumps when I see a team that's a high-performing team that's really achieving great things for the clients and for themselves and for all the employees. Well, and you look at uh, accountability, creating leaders all around. And so if you've got a great leader who allows you to lead from where you are and to be accountable for for what you control um, and hold you accountable for it, uh, I think that's where you're really going to find the breakthrough thinking is when there's leaders all around. I agree 100%. There's a saying in business, you're not a leader until you've grown a leader. So nice that you're doing good leadership, but who are you growing to become leaders? And, you know, for CEOs, one of the tests of a great CEO is what's the next generation of CEOs that they've left? Who's the next leader? So always be thinking about, okay, who, who am I grooming to take my space so I can take the next version of me? Exactly. You know, I'm inspired by our conversation. I really hope that our listeners will think about how their organization is running, what opportunity there is for alignment, communication, and as we just discussed, being a great leader, creating other leaders. I agree 100%. This is noble work. Being a great boss is woefully disrespected in our society, but I tell you what, when we think about the people that are most impacted, it's at least for me personally, I remember the bosses that I had and a couple of them stand out to me and I, I still stay in touch with them 35 years later because they the, that much they've impacted my life. And that's my wish for your listeners. If you're a boss, be a great boss. People deserve no less. Exactly. How, how can people learn more about what you do, Hank, and about the EOS system? There is uh, the EOS Worldwide. Um, There's a website, eosworldwide.com. They'll have more information about the system. A book called Traction by Gino, Gino Wickman, is a very comprehensive overview. And then I'm available here. My website is www.positivetraction.com, positivetraction.com. And I'd be happy to speak with any of the listeners in any way that I can be of service. Well, we'll be sure to include those links in the podcast notes, Hank. And I just want to thank you again for joining us and sharing your perspective on leadership and high-performing teams. Thank you very much, Don. Honored to be asked. I really appreciate to be able to spend some time with you. Thank you. so. This has been the Evocative Exchange that explores people and businesses that have that X factor that keeps you inspired and focused on what's possible. 
Oh, 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 oh,